We've been looking at human nature. Perhaps the most obvious thing to think about. What are we? What's in us? What kind of creature is a human being? What are we capable of? What are we, particularly in terms of spiritually and morally, what are we? What's in us? Are you a good person? Are you a bad person? What are you? We've already looked at this in various ways. And we've come to see that a lot of what is human nature in truth is being very clearly reflected in our society today. Like human nature says, I can be what I want to be. I can break through roles and barriers and I can be anything. I can invent myself in any way I want. I can be God. Like even Eve in the garden where we we spent some time looking at that story. Human nature says, if I think it, it must be right. If it feels good, I'll do it. If I want it, I should have it. If it goes wrong, it's not my fault. All of these things are are native to the human race. All of us can identify with them in some way. We can certainly see them at work in our society. And it's only if we are given the privilege of uh, things like good training and care and guidance and discipline as we grow up that we can be able to uh, overcome the worst effects of our own nature and actually take our place uh, in our families and as good citizens and in church and in society. Uh, But in us, there is bad. We've seen that. So how bad are we? How bad is human nature? That's my question today. How bad is human nature? Do you ever ask yourself that? How bad am I really? Ever ask yourself, you know, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? You ever think about that? You ever think what you're capable of? Because what I want to say now is <clears throat> that uh, if we just go to the passage that we read. What I want to say is that human nature is universally and thoroughly bad. And people often react and, and say, well, there you go, you know, you, you Reformed, or you Presbyterian, or you Free Church people, you know, you're always, you're always down on yourselves. Well, we're not asking to, one another to say what, you know, the line of the church is. We want to say what the Bible says. And also, we're not expected to believe something about ourselves that isn't true. And so we, we want to find evidence for it. So just let's, let's be still. Human nature is universally bad. That is, there are not good people and bad people. Sometimes when something particularly horrible goes, goes wrong, like the two teenagers that have been on the news this week who murdered uh, a girl, Brianna. Um, people say evil teenagers. 
These evil people, these bad people. Now, when you say that, you're taking the moral high ground. You say, I'm not like that. I wouldn't do that. That's what you're doing. But, are you any better? Because human nature is human nature. It's not like some people have one nature and some people have another. Usually what you find when you go to those people who've done terrible things and and examine their background, you'll find perhaps they did not have the privilege of a loving home and a stable background and good discipline and example in their lives as they grew up. And usually you'll find perhaps they then got dragged into some path that uh, exposed them to horrible things. Often you'll find these people have been abused in some way. Now imagine if you had been that person. If instead of being born into your home where you can say to people, oh, these evil people. If instead of being born into your home of stability and kindness and all the rest of it. You had been that person. And you had been born. I, Roddy, had been born in a home where I was sexually abused from a child. I had been born in a home where my father beat my mother. Where my mother was an alcoholic. uh, Where all my friends were in the same sort of situation. Where we started doing drugs when we were really young. And then I turn out when I'm, you know, 15 to be a really very nasty person to, to be with. And before long I'm in prison. And uh, it's small things perhaps, but before long, uh, I've killed someone. Same person. Different experience of upbringing. But same nature for everyone. Your nature and the people behind bars in Porterfield Prison. Same nature. Same people. Same humans. Different background. Different experience. Different influences, different sufferings. Do you really know what you are capable of? So here in this passage, uh, in yeah, in verse thirty-four, Jesus says that Jerusalem, Jerusalem, kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. So. Who kills the prophets? Who's going to kill Jesus? The Pharisees think they're not going to do it, verse 31, and Herod might just do it. There might be an evil person who'll kill Jesus. Herod wants to kill you. But it's not going to be an evil person who kills Jesus. It's going to be a city. Jerusalem. And when you read the story of how Jesus was killed, this is the one man who definitely should never have been killed. This is the one good man, the one man of absolute love, the one man of absolute goodness, the one man who always did what was best for everyone around him. They killed him. It wasn't Herod. It wasn't. He was involved. Pilate was involved. The high priests were involved. The ruling council was involved. Roman soldiers were involved. The populace of Jerusalem cried, crucify him. In other words, Jesus was crucified by a city. 
a whole population was capable of killing Jesus. And if Jerusalem can do it, Kyle can do it. If Jerusalem can do it, anywhere can do it. Because it's human nature that's the problem. Human nature is universal. So this morning when we're with the kids and we're, we're, uh, we squeeze the tube and the black stuff comes out and you know, we use that to say to the kids, you know, sometimes stuff comes out of you that is not good. Where did it come from? What came from them? None of the parents were shocked. No one was going, oh, I didn't know that about my little Johnny. I didn't know that about my, my, my little angel. Because we're all the same. You're the same as your kids. Same nature, same stuff can come out of you. Sometimes you yourself will be shocked at yourself. What comes out of you? Why am I thinking that? Why am I dwelling on this horrible revenge? Why am I, why am, why can I not just accept, love, forgive, show compassion? So, and why is this horrible stuff in me? Human nature is universally bad. It's also thoroughly bad. Um, because if it's universally bad, if we know that we ourselves are capable of really, really bad things, even if we haven't done them, and even if we don't think we're capable of these things, the truth is we are, it means we can't be confident about ourselves that now or in the future we might not behave in very in ways that just now if we were told we would behave that way, we wouldn't believe it. We can't rely on our thinking. So, here's another verse people often don't believe. Jeremiah 17. The heart, human nature, is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now, you maybe know that about yourself. I'm beginning to learn that about myself. I know it's true. Uh, but... It's, in other words, it's not for me just a theory. It's not like the right thing to say to you to this morning. I'm, I know that about myself. I wonder if you do know that about You might know about me, but do you know it about yourself? You know, I've said this before. The, the person who is most likely to deceive you, it's not the scammer who phoned you this week. It's not your little son or daughter who's trying to pretend that they didn't steal the biscuits or whatever. It's you. You are the most deceitful person in your life. That's what, the, that's what it says here. You're the one who's most likely to make yourself think that you're better than you are. Pride. Remember, that's part of human nature. To be blind to what the truth is about yourself. No, it's easy enough for us to see this in other people. You know, have you ever said something? <clears throat> He's really kidding himself. You know, we, we can see often the way other people pretend to themselves that they're better than they really are. Pretend themselves that they haven't done or they're not guilty for or they're not responsible for something. We can see it in others. Can they see it in us? Well, yes, of course. Of course they can. So, let's just see a few examples of this. If we go back to the back to the passage um, 
How do we see the deceitfulness of the human heart? How do we see people kidding themselves? Well, um, one of the ways that we kid ourselves is this. We, we imagine that human nature is, if I have good information, I'll make good choices. Uh, that is a foundation of a lot of government policy, for example. Give them good information and they'll make good choices. Well, it's very important to get good information. And that's getting harder and harder, of course, today. But who's giving good information to Jerusalem in this passage? Well, the prophets are. And Jesus is. And do the people of Jerusalem make make good choices with the prophets? And what they say. Remember the prophets? We studied Isaiah last year. The prophet said, you know, Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. Or the prophet said... um, you know, the, the Assyrians are going to be, the Babylonians are going to be. And the people said, no way, it's not going to happen. But it, it did happen. The prophets were right. They gave good information. But the people did not make good choices with the good information. Uh, they killed the prophets, as Jesus says. Today, we look at that in society. We see people, they get uh, information. as to say it's hard to get good information. But we are taking what we get and we are not making good choices together. We're polarizing. People are going apart. They're forming parties over all sorts of issues. And uh, it's not like, give me good information and I'll do good. This is how the deceitfulness of the heart shows. This is how the thorough badness of human nature shows. Here's another one. Show me love and I'll be grateful. Show me love and I'll be grateful. You know that that we think has got to be true, hasn't it? It's got to be true. Show me love and I'll be grateful. Well, in this passage, who is showing love? Who is prepared to tell the truth to Jerusalem even at the cost of their own lives? The prophets are. Jesus is. Who loves Jerusalem more than anyone else? Jesus does. Show me love and I'll be grateful. Is Jerusalem grateful? They kill Jesus. So human nature is universally and thoroughly bad. And only by virtue of the benefits of things like the training we spoke about, the care that uh, we get, are things not really, really bad. But it's no wonder that Jesus uh, wept. And in the other passage, uh, he wept over Jerusalem. Um, Because he knew what was in people. Jesus was not coming to die on a cross um, for good people. He wasn't coming to die uh, unnecessarily for people who really, if they would just get their act together, could help themselves and they wouldn't need him at all. Jesus was coming to die because no one can help themselves to become good before God. Only Jesus can help us. Only Jesus can do that for us. That's why he died. And he's weeping over the city because it is like human nature makes it and like it is all over the world at all times, universally and thoroughly bad. Human nature is, is bad. And we need to understand that. That is, that is you and me. So you say to me now, Roddy, if it's that bad, why is society not absolutely chaotic and horrible and dysfunctional dystopian why well 
There are plenty of places where it is horrible and dysfunctional and dystopian. Paul wrote this in Second Timothy 3. In the last days, he says, the last days are the days since Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven right up till his return. We're in the last days because of that. It'll be terrible times, he says. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Well, we can look around and see places where it looks like that. There are places, uh, even in Kyle and in the surrounding villages, homes, areas, and all around the country. And there are some places in the world where whole countries are in this kind of situation. And the result, the, the cause of that is human nature. It's not bad sanitation. It's not, it's not um, that there are drugs on the streets. You know, you, don't, you want good sanitation and you don't want drugs on the streets. But the problem is what people do. It's what's in us. But in the mercy of God, he hasn't left us to ourselves. If he did, then it would all be a lot worse than what Paul describes there. But in the mercy of God, God has given us two things that we sometimes speak about in these terms. Common grace and special grace. So common grace, first of all, is what God has put into the whole world uh, to make life bearable and sometimes even enjoyable for people despite their nature. Uh, So common grace is things like the fact that often when we do bad things it makes us feel really bad, so we don't want to do bad things for that reason. That's that's common grace. It's good that it's like that. It would be terrible if we did bad things and it was great. Uh, Then the world would be a nightmare. But God's made it that do bad things and generally it's not good for us or for, you know, it, it messes things up. God's given us beauty. He's given us art. He's given us culture. He's given us music. He's given us good food. And, and lots of things like that to enjoy. Even, even work. Work has great rewards. He's given us these things. He's given us more and more the benefits of science. Benefits of technology. The benefits of medicine. He's given us family. He's given us community. He's given us education. He's given us, we thought about this a couple of weeks ago, discipline and training. Remember that verse that we thought about? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He's given us government, and he's given us law. These are good things. It's great to live in a country with a stable government. 
and to live in a country with, with a, a good set of laws on the statute books. That's a great thing. might not seem sometimes, but take it away and imagine. Anarchy. He's given us government. God has given us government. The authorities, says in the middle there, that exist have been established by God. And he's given um, the authorities uh, the power of the sword. The power of, of punishing the wrongdoer. That's a good thing. Helps society be stable. God has given us into our hearts, our bad hearts, an awareness of himself. He has planted eternity in our hearts. And we have that awareness of him, Romans 1. Um, the creation shows it, the invisible qualities, the eternal power and divine nature of God. So that we're without excuse. We, we, we have that sense of God, of accountability and of coming judgment. These are things that help us and guide us and help us to be good. God's given us conscience. Um, so, Romans 2, he's given us conscience. People uh, show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their conscience is bearing witness. And uh, Paul says there, um, we set forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He's given us conscience. Like the alarm bells ring in us when we do wrong, thankfully. And we're really in a bad way if we've seared our conscience. We've gone wrong so often that the alarm bells stop ringing any longer. But he's given us all these things in common grace for the whole world. These are the things that keep things from being, from us just being like animals. From us just tearing one another apart. We, are, we should be glad for the mercy of God. Because human nature left to itself is a terrible thing. But he's also given us, finally, special grace. Special grace. Special grace is what we, we, we receive. If we want it, we receive it through Jesus Christ. So we'll go back to this, this passage. Special grace is the good news of Jesus. It's the good news of a Jesus who is good. Who resists temptation. Who doesn't give in to human nature. Who lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. And who offers himself for the guilt of others. For our guilt on the cross. And pays for our punishment himself. Special grace is the love of Jesus for us. Special grace is the love of this Savior who weeps over my nature, who weeps over Roddy and weeps over each of you, your nature, Jerusalem. He weeps over us. Special grace is a Savior who weeps for us, a Savior who, who loves us, and a Savior who offers to us a relationship with God and a new nature. A nature from God. A heavenly nature. Now our problem today is our nature. Our nature. Your worst problem today is your nature. And you need help. And common grace, common grace has helped you a great deal from God. It's lifted you 
to a much better place than you'd otherwise be in by a long, long way. But special grace, that which comes through Jesus Christ. Now that is, that is wonderful. Common grace keeps us from the worst. But special grace, Jesus, takes us to the best. So, Jesus, as he says here, how often, in the middle of the passage there, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. What a beautiful, beautiful image. Some of you have seen that. When the chicks all run in and mother hen just opens out her wings, spreads her wings around them and shields them from whatever danger there is. But you were not willing. Are you willing? And am I willing? That is the ultimate question for us are we, are we thinking that we can go on with our own nature and come good or do we realise that if we go on just with our own nature we will become very bad and we will, we will not come to God because what Jesus longs for you and me is that we'll say the words of him at the the end of the passage there. We will see Jesus again. We will see Jesus when we say to him, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is what Jerusalem did not see. Crucify Jesus. But when we say, Lord, you're blessed. You're blessed. I'm so thankful that you've come into this world. Because you can fix me. Because you can make me good. Because you can lift me up. Because you can bring me to God. Because you can give me life. And today as a congregation. When we think about our dear friend Sarah. And I I was reflecting this this morning. When Sarah became a follower of Jesus. You know this is is the, the hope that we have. She said, blessed of Jesus. And now she's with Jesus. Her nature, like your nature, never get you to God. But Jesus will. Trust him. Let's pray together. Our God, we thank you and worship you for these things. We praise you. Father, for giving us Jesus. We thank you that he is your son and he has all power and authority in heaven and on earth. And we praise you that he is able to bring us to you. And we thank you, Lord, that when we trust him, when we receive him as a blessed saviour, he is able to take us to yourself and overcome all that our human nature would otherwise corrupt us with and mislead us with and take us away from you. Father, please help us each one then to receive Jesus Christ and help us also to urge others towards Jesus as well. We pray for your sake. Amen.